This is WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio from USM. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In the Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In the Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. This ITP episode will be in two parts and it is dedicated to Nicole Mukeme and her family and my condolences to her family and Nicole, may you rest in power. This interview was recorded and released in the summer of 2020. Seems really uh, long ago now and feel very fortunate to have had a chance to meet Nicole and I feel even more fortunate that um, I can share with you uh, her journey in her words. All right, so we're here with Nicole. Do you mind saying your full name? My full name is Nicole Chioma Antoinette Mokeme. Wow, I'm not going to ask you to spell that. It sounds like a <laughs> lot of letters in there, but beautiful name. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for letting me come over. Your space is gorgeous. Your art is gorgeous. Um, I first got familiar with you through uh, a High Tiger event. Mm-hmm. You were, I think, manning the door, and then you like bust down some moves, and I was just like, oh, okay, so <laughs> clearly she's a well-rounded individual. Um, what are you doing now with your art? Um, what I'm doing now with my art is really sharing it. I feel like I'm in a place of exploration. Um, I really got into uh, collaging and using different materials. I like working with different textures and um, different patterns. And so I have my um, uh, community collage that I just kind of pop out in community and then I share with folks and I set out different materials for folks to work with and kind of come up with whatever it is that um, they feel in that moment. Um, And then I also kind of Aside from the community events, I do that with kids who come here or when I'm hosting events in other spaces with children. They um, create their own collages, which is really fun. Um, And then mostly uh, working on the Bowdoin House and really um, figuring out what folks want and really wanting it to be a space that is designed and developed by the community and not my own vision. So as that comes together, that feels really exciting and inspiring in this time. Great. So, all right, you said the collages. I love collages because you don't really see them anymore. Like, I feel like people like, oh, Facebook's my collage. Like, so that's great that you're like teaching that to kids, like how to like cut. And then you're also drawing too with that. Um, How long have you been drawing? Like, 
Um, I would say I started, I actually started at a summer camp um, in South Portland and it was a storytelling and performance summer camp. And so we already had um, access to like all kinds of materials that were in the art room. And we used those materials to um, like start developing like props and the scenery and things like that. And that was in, it wasn't that long ago, I'd say 2018, 2017, I think. Yeah, is when I really started getting into the collage. It just kind of happened as I was like working with kids and I just kind of like found my own groove and started working on my, my own collages and um, it just kind of trickled out from there. Great. Um, the work with the kids, did that stem from just being a mother yourself? So you think if you didn't have a child, you'd still be like, I'm gonna work with kids. Oh no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I actually never wanted to have children and I never wanted to work with children. Um, but I moved to Maine and I was working at a shoe store. I was just kind of looking for something else to do. Um, and so I know some folks who were connected to my father and were looking for another teacher at an enrichment center. Um, for children that were six weeks to five years old, which was like a whole new experience for me. And six weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing at six weeks? <laughs> Belly time, okay. eating and sleeping, yeah. <laughs> listening you... to silly songs by I mean. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I got into working with children, and it ended up really being like a very like natural thing for me to do it just it, it's part of everything that I do when I'm in spaces I'm always thinking about like what's available for the children um and then that actually like birthed my idea of having children like once I was working with kids um I was like maybe I do want my own and I didn't plan for that to happen right away but it did and I'm really grateful for that and so I do try to keep like the momentum with my daughter and try to keep uh, an active community like around her and like bring her to those spaces as well awesome yeah um so the Bowden house people probably aren't familiar even I'm trying to think does it just go by the Bowden house the programs that you run here tell tell us more about that yeah um, the Bowdoin House is actually, we just haven't really thought of another name. It's just been the Bowdoin House for right now. Um, it's under the umbrella of Rise and Shine Youth Retreat. So Rise and Shine Youth Retreat is the umbrella organization. Um, and the Bowdoin House um, started around 2018. Um, so Rise and Shine Youth Retreat started as a one-day wellness retreat for teenage girls. So a group of diverse girls came together and we danced and we um, made like body care supplies and journaling and we hung out on the beach. I rented a room um, at SMCC and we hung out there from 9 to 4 and it was a great time. Um, and the feedback from that uh, retreat was that they wanted to do it overnight so they didn't want to leave which was good and that same year I had gone camping for the first time and I was like oh so okay. we're Wait, gonna tent go? camping yes like okay. tent camping yep <laughs> good for um, you. Yeah. yeah and so I was like let's that's what we'll do so the following year we had an overnight and um, their request after that was like we want to do a week I have not gotten to a week yet. I've still just kept it to the weekends just because it's it's a lot of work and I feel like I'm still learning a lot and I just wanted to make sure like I have the capacity to do that, but I would love to do um, longer retreats with them. And so now we do that here at the Bowdoin House. Before I would just rent out like a campsite somewhere um, and then we would just go to that site. And now that we have this space, um, 
we do the camping here. Um, and someone just told, spoke about what we do at Rise and Shine Youth Retreat and someone reached out to us and said, hey, we have this land. I think you'd really like it. You could do your retreats here. Um, and then when we got here, I just saw just like so many opportunities for so many of us. And I was just like, oh, there's more to this. And then um, there were just some folks who were dealing with the gentrification in Portland. And so that's how the community housing started. So now we offer um, community housing retreats and residencies and then other like outdoor programming. Um, we've had kids come up and they're, you know, working with seeds and planting seeds or they like go out and they're in the creek and they're finding all kinds of creatures and um, families are coming together and we're sitting out by the fire. So it's been a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I love you like getting in touch with nature and sharing that with the community at large. Yeah. Um, when I was first learning about art, I remember the romantic period and I was like, why is it called the romantic period when it's about nature? And then a couple years later, I got it. Yeah. And so I love that you're bringing that art, basically nature mm -hmm. to people. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So the space, it was rejuvenation. Now, now it is called a rejuvenation center for the liberation of black people. Okay. Maine and beyond. Let's so, say that again. Yes. <laughs> rejuvenation. A rejuvenation center for the liberation of black people in Maine and beyond. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds super unique. Are there other people doing this that you know of? Not that I know of. I think it just kind of, it just happened organically, like over time as things, you know, started expanding and we had you know access to more resources and wanting to share that and wanting to um, highlight other people's voices and their skills and their knowledge and um, you know create a space for creativity mm. so with the community collage it really reminded me of a, a quilt so thank you for sharing that yeah um, and I've never seen a community collage before I've seen like community quilts when I think of when I was growing up AIDS was ending in a way where they were like getting a cure but there was still that overlap of you don't care kind of thing mm. and so they were doing this AIDS quilt so that's actually what I thought about when I looked at your collage mm. um, are people putting art that is just happy for them in there or are people putting things that are sad and filled with grief or being vulnerable from from what you know um well the collage started I was asked to do an event um at the same time that we were learning it, well, we were getting like, it was all in the media, the, the children that were away in the centers and um, on the border. And so I just didn't feel right to come in with whatever my project was. I was like, there's a march happening, let's um, create art like in honor of these children. So if you see on the bottom, it says family belong together. And so it started from there and then I just like kind of continue on and just continue to bring it out and um, um, just to be mindful of brown bodies, black bodies, trans bodies. And um, it's, it's an honor of that and however folks want to express in that time, as we say, we want to honor that space and those people. Great. Wow. Yeah. So I'm glad that that's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. It seems like it'll like never be done. Yeah. And that's kind of beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can do a documentary just on that quilt. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You said that you haven't really been dancing lately. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself, but you still say that when you have your retreats that 
part of it, you're dancing there, yeah. right? Are mm-hmm. you teaching people how to dance, or how does that go down? Um, no, I actually, I love freestyle, so everything is really about just like working with the music and moving your body as you feel. I mean, if you can tell, like that's kind of what I'm saying throughout everything of like highlighting what people want to do, and like I, um, I really like to see what comes through people. I really like to see what do they want to do instead of coming in with my own ideas. Um, and so really it's just about like playing music and dancing together. Um, for me, High Tiger actually was really great for me because um, I was coming from a space where I was like a stay-at-home mom at the time. I didn't really have a lot of friends or I really wasn't in community as much. Um, and joining High Tiger really helped me like come back out. Like I just kind of remembered some things about myself and I felt like it also revealed quirky parts of me that I didn't know how to express. And so High Tiger really gave me that um, freedom to move how I wanted to be. If I wanted to be wild and crazy, or if I wanted to be angry, if I wanted to be sexy, like I could express all of that through my body, um, which felt really good. And so I try to share that with other people through different music that I like and like things that I grew up listening to. Um, Just kind of like, listening to old music that my mom used to play which was like really eclectic and feels like very different for like the black culture that I grew up in um but like some of the artists um we used to listen to Enigma which is like do you know Enigma at all? I think I do they're like club music right kind of but also just kind of like world music um there's a little spirituality in there, I would say. Um, they had some see. chanting going on. Yeah. I think they were popular in, like, the mid-90s. They had a... Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Enigma, Deep Forest is another one. It's just... I was not going to say it's similar to Enigma, but it's got that kind of vibe. Um, uh, Yanni is a great, like, pianist. Yes. Um, He's still around. Yeah, yeah, Gato Barbieri, saxophone. So I love sharing that kind of music with children. Like, it wasn't my favorite thing when I was a kid, but now it's like what I listen to all the time. And I feel like it's like, for me, it's like, it's important that I share this with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that music is, it's just so expansive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you're not trying to be in a box, clearly. Because yeah. you're like, hey, what do people want? Let's right. do that thing. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So who are you collaborating with these days besides the Youth Shine Retreat? Mm, Rise and Shine Youth Retreat. Thank you, Rise yeah. and Shine Youth Retreat. Um, right now, I mean, just with the pandemic, I feel like I've just kind of been like in a logistic world and like on my computer and like writing grants and, um, you know, sharing information with folks. Um, and so I am working a lot with Renee Goddess Johnson of Embodied Equity Consulting. Um, I work with Desiree Lester of Indigo Arts Alliance. Um, those are the main folks right now. For Us By Us really um, helped us to start getting funding to even start doing a lot of the things that were here at the house. Um, and they definitely still support us in major ways. Um, and I say those are those are some core folks right now that okay. I'm working with. Yeah. 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 
and maybe it's a, a future plan. You had showed me some stamps that you had worked with, uh, with Daniel Minter from oh. Indigo Arts. Mm -hmm, yeah, so. that was 2017 when we had a distant holla at the Abyssinian Meeting House. And um, the whole space become, became like an art exhibit. And so there we were doing like workshops throughout the month of May. And um, one of the workshops was Daniel's um, stamps. And so you could like carve a stamp or you could use the stamps that he had already had there. And um, I started using the stamps and just like fell in love with them. Like I was, a, I was just there like for the longest time and like couldn't stop. So anytime I get into the stamps, it's just like I get into like a very meditative process. And I had shared that with Daniel. And so he and I spoke about um, developing stamps for specifically for Rise and Shine or developing stamps for different themes as I work with different children. Um, in the community and so that's something that's still kind of taking its time yeah yeah mm -hmm. do you also envision maybe selling those stamps like a little um, retreat to go home mm, with kind of package possibly yeah. i mean we do have um a self-care kit so when the kids come for the um retreats i send home each person will have a self-care kit which has like different body care the um, body scrubs body oils toothpaste and deodorant and we make those things um, and I like to put like a journal and a pen and some other like cute things in there and so I think that that the stamps could be fun to add in there for that I mostly was thinking of them um, using them as we're he, like here at the retreat and creating art together but I think it'd be really sweet maybe even to have them carve their own and see what comes up Right on. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much land here. Are you guys growing anything as well? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got some cucumbers and we've got broccoli, watermelon, tomatoes. And I like Hayden to say watermelon first. I know. <laughs> I think I was excited because we had so many cucumbers. Um, this is my first year growing, so it oh, felt yes. really fun. And then um, we were able to share um, like seedlings with other with other folks. And um, that's another thing that we're starting here is to being able to like encourage people to start gardens in their own spaces. Um, one family came here and they helped us um, get the seeds started. And then they went home and they like started building their own like greenhouse in their yard. So that's been really fun to just see like folks as their gardens are growing and like know that we kind of had a part of that right. and that we get to share food. And um, I'm really interested in growing flowers. So I have a few little flowers around um, that I'm just kind of like watching grow and just thinking about different ways to prepare bouquets and that's a new journey as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's very artistic. Yeah. Like, flowers. You can't, you always see like paintings of flowers. So yeah. Very inspirational. So definitely. Yeah. Good to have around. So there's um, a trail that leads back here and it goes to the back to uh, like a bridge and a stream. Um, and the trail, like I have visions of like eventually like creating like a, like an enchanted pathway or enchanted walkway where we can maybe even have like garden parties and some seating or like do some cool like nighttime lighting or you know so we'll see how that goes um when I was with High Tiger we actually danced in a garden and um I had this idea of the enchanted pathway and then it kind of like brought me back to this um it was called La Petite Versailles in New York where we traveled to and we danced there and so I kind of have those same visions for this space one day awesome yeah, yeah. 
So, will you have to do like a clearing, or is there already a clearing once you get past like the bridge? Yeah, there's already there's a clearing. The pathway's already there. Like everything's kind of already set up. It's That's just awesome. really like putting the pots back there and the flowers and like to do the whole the full exhibit. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I have to recommend Lowe's for their plants because oh, yeah. they have to sell them at a discount once they stop blooming. Mm. So we Thank got some you. plants for like a dollar. Nice. And they're totally fine. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely so check it keep out. Keep them in mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course it's good to buy locally, but yes. sometimes you got to think about how am I going to budget oh, and yeah. make it work too. Yep. So, and definitely. that's where Lowe's comes in handy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the art that you showed me was like in progress. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that because I feel like when you think of the Mona Lisa, it was never finished. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and you never know what's actually in progress. Like right. People just say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's done. But yeah. who knows, right? Right. Um, do you feel that the art that you're giving now is all about being in progress? Like, because you're starting the little kids up. Mm, and... Absolutely. I mean, everything to me is like evolution. And like that understanding is my coping mechanism. You know, it's just like the ways that the trees are going is just the way that they're growing. And, you know, they're standing and they're just doing, they're in their space. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And just as that experience is happening, like my experience is happening. So it's just like, this is where I'm at. And so... Yeah, I love that. And I love highlighting and like experiencing like right here and right now and being okay with it. I have severe anxiety. So I am always constantly thinking about the future and thinking about plans. And as we've just talked about like a number of things that I'm doing. So I'm always doing so many things. And so I think like just reminding myself that like right here being in progress, this is, this is it. This is the process. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's so much value into being in the moment and knowing that your moment has layers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't get that. Yeah. 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 So that, that's awesome that you're sharing that. And I'm sure people will value that. Yeah, I always say the tiniest pieces have tinier pieces. <laughs> and there are many levels and realms. <laughs> is that a quote? No, okay. That's just me, you? that's me. No, it is a quote. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about dancing, we talked about collage, we talked about drawing, we talked about stamps. Yeah. We talked about kids and yeah. the retreats. Uh, is there something else that we could talk about? Hmm the animal energy I mean to me all of it is art but I am you know I moved to Maine from Philly I'm originally from Westchester Pennsylvania um but I loved hanging out in the city like and I lived in Delaware like I lived in Claymont but I was always hanging out in Wilmington you know and like I lived in Jersey but I was always catching the bus to go hang out in Philly um and so being in Maine has definitely been like a different environment for me and when I first came here, I was like still sneaking and going back home like every weekend. Um, and I moved from Philly to Peaks Island. So it was definitely like a major shift for me. And it was, I had a really hard time at first. Um, and then to like now, that was like 2008. And now we're in like 2020 and I'm like here and there's all this land and just like, um, really digging deeper into like connecting with nature and um 
just the animal awareness like I just didn't ever feel so connected but now just like seeing eagles and hawks like so much more I I don't even think I think this year is the most I've saw I saw probably like 20 eagles so far wow. and that's yeah we've mm-hmm. even had like an eagle right here out back which I just never thought I'd say oh we saw an eagle in the backyard you know right. um so I'm just really paying attention to animal energy and reading about reading about that as they show up um I haven't seen an eagle in like two weeks so now I'm feeling like okay like we're past that um that stage and like now we have a snake over here in the stump and um <laughs> like right now I know he might be there I don't know but the sun isn't shining it likes to come out and like sunbathe so <laughs> Well, they're, they're cold-hearted or cold-blooded <laughs> yeah. creatures, so they need their sun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty friendly, and I come out in the morning and talk to him. And, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, that's something I would never do. And so I'm really there now and just, like, connecting and seeing which creatures are coming up and who's saying hello and, like, who keeps reappearing. Do you think that's, that's going to come up in your art? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It already is, I feel. So just like the the energy of it. And I've been reading a lot about like animal, like medicine and the energy. So like the snakes are about like transmuting poison mm-hmm. and like transmuting like energy and like changing things and creating. So, yes, I knew the creating mm-hmm. uh, the ancient Greeks thought of snakes as fertility. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. So, are you expecting on repopulating again? <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't like, have to answer that. <laughs> I am the only thing that I'm producing is these dreams. Right <laughs> no. But I do apologize for that was a little personal. Yeah, uh, no, like, that's no, not. No, you It's okay. fine for me. Good. good. Yeah. yeah. I love talking about um, children and childbirth and like things to do with the womb. Mm-hmm. I don't usually talk about children and childbirth, so, <laughs> but I I remember like there's not many things that I would watch that would make my stomach upset, but seeing childbirth happen is yeah. one of those things. Like, uh, uh, everything is just a wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a lot like, going on. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful, but yeah. like I'm like, thank you, mom, but I I don't think I would do that for anybody. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I did an all natural water birth, which what? was really cool. Yeah, I was really excited. Oh. Yeah, and my pregnancy was really fun. Like, my daughter's father was in a band at the time, and so we would like travel around, and I'd be like huge, and I'd be like dancing all over the place. And so it was fun. And my birth was fun. It wasn't like I know that people, you know, have all different experiences, but I can't complain. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Think that it went as good as it could go, typically. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. But then people who aren't having natural birth seem to have complications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just from what I've heard. That's what I so. see and observe, but yes. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. It's not scientific. <laughs> I'm just like, just from what I'm hearing, right? right? Natural seems to be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. so. Yeah. yeah. If you can. And obviously, um, I would say any person with a womb having a baby is just... It's, to do what's best do what feels best regardless of whatever everyone else is saying like your body knows right do you, you know yeah yeah yep yep 
Wow, I think we covered a lot of topics. Um, You're so fascinating. It's great. And I love that you've got like different things going on, but they all seem to be like heading in the same path. Yeah, definitely. And that's really nice, that harmony. Mm -hmm. So. Mm Um, where can people find you? Where? What's the plug? All right. right. So my um, website is being updated, but it's riseandshineyouthretreat.wordpress.com. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, you, hey. <laughs> it's been so long. Let's not be strangers through the pandemic. What are you talking about? I've been Zooming and texting. That's not the same as being in the same room. I know, but what's a girl to do? My friend, Flo, is bringing back Fourth Friday. Fourth Friday is an extended happy hour for BIPOC individuals to casually gather and extend their network in a safe and multi-generational space. Hey, what? I thought that was dead. It's coming back to life. Every Fourth Friday this June on the 24th, this July on the 22nd, and this August on the 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Fork Food Lab. That's what's up. Will there be food? Yes, it's being catered by Jonesen. Jamaican and Asian fusion will be popping. What about parking and beverages? Parking is available on the street, and you can buy beverages, spirited, and non from the bartender. And P.S., your temperature might be taken while you're there. As long as it's not the rectal option, I'm down. Anyways, Fourth Friday is back this summer at Four Food Labs, catered by Jonesen. And yes, Fourth Friday is on the fourth Friday of summer months from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Fork Food Lab, catered by Jonesen. We hope to see you at this BIPOC mixer of Fourth Friday. This is WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio from USM.